following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Okay, so the question is, we lost her. She doesn't like that. Um, so, so, obviously, of course, someone's coming to kill you, you got to defend yourself. The question is, at which point, is there a point where I say, okay, it's not self-defense at this point. The guys, they're sitting him on the floor. Do I have a right to go and kick him in the head and that little old lady stomping on him? Or the case with that woman where she had a knife, they could have shot her in the legs. I said, the heat of the action is very hard, of course, to define the moment. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I'm saying, the question is, assuming you can, so halachically, is there a point that I have to stop? That's the question. Yeah. Okay. So, or not. So, because it's been ha- it's happening all over the country. Right. So, 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 that's what I have here. Most civilized countries, law clearly states that a person is allowed to use only as much deadly force as is necessary to neutralize that threat, and no more. If it takes five shots to do that, but six are fired, the sixth round is excessive force. And this is relevant, by the way, obviously, in America, too, the whole question of right. police brutality, the same thing. I mean, at which point does the cop say, okay, he shot five rounds, does he still able to shoot him? Or if the guy's going the other way, so right, all those questions. So if it takes five shots to do that, six are fired, that sixth round is excessive force and is not viewed as self-defense. For the first five, you're safe, meaning you're not liable. Six gets you, you can get convicted for murder. That's in the United States. Okay, so what about an Allah? So this is, you know, if you're the Rabbi David Stubb, he's the... I need to ask you, because either you or Rabbi Teller, is this, did you bring this in? No, no I think that's um, Rabbi, Rabbi Teller's. Um, no one will leave it. Well, no one else uses Jewish book. <laughs> I have my, I remind it um, so Rabbi David Stav is the guy, it's called Sohar, it's a new, it's a break-off of the Rabbanut. So Rabbi Gilman's very involved, actually. It's like Oh, I think he lectured break- over yeah. UOS. Yeah, so it's a yeah, break-off yeah. because they claim the Rabbanut is too right-wing for them, and etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made their own organization, where they do weddings, more and more... Yeah, they're trying sense. to get government money. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. It's always All about right. money. Yeah. So, so this is his, so he writes, um, Killing the stabber has been neutralized as a moral breakdown. People who are not, meaning once the stabber is neutralized, let's say you're sitting on him in that case, and the guy walks over with a gun and just wants to shoot him, he says that's prohibited. It's a moral breakdown. People who are not involved in murderous activities, and those who no longer pose a danger, must not be harmed. These days when the boiling blood is mixed with, you just wrote this yesterday, with, with civilian willingness and resourcefulness, it's important to maintain our moral superiority. Um, may I have one? Yes, I do. Thank you. To avoid harming a person who is uninvolved in murderous activity, to avoid harming those who have already been neutralized and no longer pose a danger. They deserve to die, but that is not our way. Harming a terrorist who has been neutralized causes double damage. The collateral damage is when these images are distributed, and the main damage is harming our moral norms. We will not stoop down to our enemy's despicableness, and we will not contaminate ourselves with moral breakdown. So that's his opinion. The question is, is he right? So I found um, a few sources. So num- number one is someone uh, posted this, that they, this is not in writing, I didn't see it in writing, just from a quote from this guy who claims he asked this question years ago to Ramosha Feinstein. Um, at which point, how do we view a Rodef? Okay, so the question that was posed to Rabbi Feinstein was, to be halachically branded a Rodef, a Rodef, as we know, is a pursuer. So the law is if someone, if you see someone pursuing someone with a gun, you have every right to shoot the killer. The pursuer. Yes. Sure, yeah. The pursuer, not the pursuee. Okay, so you have every right to shoot the pursuer. Um, so does that person have However, to be imminently... However, the pursuer is, a, is an undercover cop. 
Well, yeah. the good guy. You're, you're right, you don't know sometimes. Yes, that happens in New York, because the guy, was, the cop was black, so they shot the guy, they assumed he was the, yeah. he was the, he was the criminal, but, but, um, but you're right, so that's always a chance you're going to meet. So that's why cops now have to, you have to identify, identify themselves. So does the person have to be imminently pursuing to kill someone? That was the question posed to emotion. Meaning, does it have to be that he's currently in the pursuit in order to kill him? Or does a past history of doing so, combined with current statements, also render him erotic? Okay. Um, so um, these seem to be straightforward. Uh, yeah, I mean, this uh, is Lefanecha, this is Rodef, like these have all been which? established. Everything you just said. No, but he's saying, let's say the person is not imminently pursuing. Right, so it's not Lefanecha, so it's not a Rodef. It, and you're not a Rodef. So meaning, let's say, right. let's say Israeli intelligence gets word that this guy is on the way to... Uh, okay, so you detain him. You arrest him. You wouldn't be allowed to kill him. Yeah, you can't no, arrest him. You, you, you do it all the time. They drop, you know, the drones. They, if they see a terrorist going somewhere, they, they just... If they're, so if they're in the process of being a Rodev, if they're in the... If they have the the ammunition in the car and they're, they're driving their, their car... They're on their way to attack. Then they're... Well, let's say they're just going to visit their, their You can blow up their, their car. Nephew. You can blow up their car. Right, but let's say they're just going to visit their nephew and they're a terrorist. You're saying then you wouldn't have. Right. They're not, they're not acting as a Rodev. You, you can detain them. You can yeah, arrest them. He's you can asking maybe, listen, we know this guy plans attacks and he's planning so, future attacks. So, so if we stop him now, if we blow up his car now... You could say that, but ever, I mean, everyone says ridiculous things and everyone says, oh, kill Obama. What, are you going to no, arrest I'm everyone saying, that says so kill this Obama? This guy's a known terrorist. He's saying... Okay. He's, he's, so he's arrest him. past history of doing so. And current statements, yeah, but he's in Gaza, or he's in Lebanon, we can't go you, and arrest him. You can, you can go in and arrest him. I'm thinking it's a lot easier to just send the drone and shoot his car. I understand, but you you can't just shoot people if they're not doing anything. Just because they were a terrorist in the past. No, not in the past, they're planning future attacks. If right you, now, if you have intelligence he's on the way to buy a Slurpee, but he's planning future attacks. <laughs> I mean, we know you he's can't just coming kill from someone meeting. for buying a Slurpee. Yeah, but he's, we know he's just coming from a meeting where he's planning, they just plan out the next uh, bus bombing. So you're saying you still can't kill? I mean, we don't know. Are, are you are you going to give a terrorist the benefit of the doubt and wait till he kills somebody? If if we follow that logic out log like to its end, you could kill every single person in Gaza probably, and every single pe- person in the West Bank because they're taught. Maybe they're taught. <laughs> That's a great idea. No, they're it's taught finally, in their. Finally coming around. They're taught in their schools, their education that Jews, Israelis right. are the devil, right. and they're terrible. Yes, Gaza there two, also. There was but two kids. The Piskatzev. They they killed a kid, a fourteen-year-old kid who stabbed who stabbed a sixteen-year-old in the back. Arab kid. Have, right. they have video so, but the problem is that you can't do that. You can't, can't, do what? you can't you kill prevent. everyone in the Gaza and everyone in the West Bank. You can't do that. Why not? Physically, we can't do that. And second so of all, the world would turn... Them. Nah, you can't do that. I'm not sure. Practically, in this case, first of all, what they're doing now is they're ringing all the neighborhoods and soldiers. putting That's fine. Oh, I don't mind putting walls up. Actually, someone sent out a video yesterday. They blew up every building and killed most everybody. You know, in this classic style. He said... It says in, the, in Hebrew, it says, it says in the bus, Sim Lev Lechefetz Chashmut. So you don't have to go to Fine, so put a whole fence around the area. I don't care. 20 years I don't mind all that. But that's not killing. Saying. Actually, 15 years. That's detaining. That's deterrence. You can't everyone either. It's a problem. Just means. Right, that's a problem. Like, Turn the world's attention back to Syria. You know, that's, that'd be fine. It would Actually, by the way, the, um, whatever his name is, Kim Ban Moon. Uh, the UN guy announced yesterday that they that there needs to be investigations that Israel's using excessive force in 
The o- only when Israel is using force, they need <laughs> using excessive force. Day. The guy stabbing someone with a when the Arabs are using and they're shooting force. him, they're using excessive force. Yeah. So so okay, anyway, yeah. so so Ramosha said like this. So so the question is, you're you're saying you're agreeing with Rabbi Stav, and you're saying that it would be wrong, be morally wrong to. I think it's morally wrong that they killed a woman. I think they should have shot her in the kneecaps. Excuse me, if she if she stabs somebody, is that person any less dead? She than did it? not actually stab anybody. She, tried. she was going. She, she attempted. She tried. Tried. So she's a road death. Now, in the process of her trying to kill someone, you can blow her head off. I have no problem with that. But if she's standing there alone. And the it's picture surrounded. that I saw there is yes. that she seems to not be, no per other person is okay. near her. And she's standing there with a knife. You can imagine... You can tell her to drop the knife. But you can tell her to drop the knife. She's right not now. dropping the knife. So you have a choice. In the United States, you don't blow someone's head off if they're standing there with a knife. Uh, you don't. It's been done. <laughs> For sure. You could shoot him in the kneecaps. You could shoot him in the gut. You can shoot him like anywhere you want. If it was a 25-year-old man, then it's all right to kill him? It, I'm not saying for no. Well, it doesn't, I don't saying, care. There's no danger being present. Danger being posed. So you want to wait until so, uh, she so goes it's a good question. Gets out the, and then actually listen, kills somebody. Essence, no. I'm just telling no, you. No, I essence, don't want her to kill anyone. In essence, um, Ron is right. Meaning the Gemara says, and we've done it here. Gemara Sanhedrin, Ayin Dalad Amanav, 74a says very clearly that the halacha is if someone's chasing someone. If there's no other way to stop him, I mean, if you could shoot him in the kneecaps, you're obligated to shoot him in the kneecaps. Says the Rambam, not only that, if you did shoot him in the head and you could have stopped him, neutralized him by shooting him in the kneecaps, you're tried for murder. It's actually machlokas if you tried for murder or it's... No, I disagree with that, though. No, it's meaning, meaning it's, it's, it's death penalty. No, I don't agree with that, I'm just saying, I'm just, you don't have to agree. I'm just this too, that's says. too liberal. One second, I'm just that's way too liberal. Says. The Mara says, if you could shoot someone in the kneecaps, it was erodive, and you shot him in the head, then no, but she's not. You tried for she's money. not a rodef. Wait, she is. No, she, no, 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 no. She's not. Someone. She even was a rodef. No, no, yeah. even right now, she wants to kill someone. If someone is standing not near anybody else, okay. that is not in the she's definition of rodef. Of course, rodef means I'm chasing. She's not a rodef. She was ready to chase someone. If the soldiers wouldn't be there, she Fine. would walk over to the next but guy. But she's not chained. So right now, she's, she's in not the a rodef. rodef. She's not. Listen, right. at which point Ron, do you end the rodef status? Meaning that someone chases someone with a gun, and now the police around him. He's no longer rode at the time. Of course he's still around. No, if he has a gun. This no. woman has a knife. She's not moving. All She's right. like this. Now, suppose she killed you, somebody. Second, if you have no weapon, if you are oh, chasing no someone to kill someone, yeah. you, you can kill that person. I understand. If, if in the no process. Way to neutralize. She's not a rodef. Why not? She's on. She wants. She to kill was someone. a rodent. By the way, and, and that's why I want to. If she were to drop her point. knife. One second, wait. Yeah. This point, if she's still, she's ready to die. She still could lunge at a soldier. That, why understand. do you think they shot her? I mean, so that is a rodent. She I could understand. take the knife and throw it at a guy's she, face. What if she one dropped second, the she knife? She could take the knife and throw it in a guy's face. When does she Once change? Once she drops it, she's not a rodent. Why? Because she's not ready to kill someone. But you just said that even if you have no weapon, chasing. But he, yeah, you but said she that she can still be a rodef without a weapon. She have the ability to kill someone. How do you know? What if she's a, a ninja warrior? You're right. If she was, then you're right. 100%. She has a bomb strapped around. 100%. But, but what yeah. we're saying is, when is she holding a knife and she has the ability to throw it in a soldier's face, she is a rodef. No questions so, asked. So if, down, if there's the intent that she's going to throw the knife, really? if there's a risk, to do it. then Tell you to drop the knife and she doesn't want to drop it. What, is, what does that mean? Because she wants uh, to then, kill then people. If there's an intent she that she might mission. throw it, then I agree she's a rodent. Okay, so, so I agree. agree. So in that case, you can kill her. But if you could neutralize you could, her, yeah, it neutralize might be true. also just fine. So, right. you know? the question, so the other question is here, let's say they would have shot her in the legs, meaning 
could she have still lunged at them after being shot? Anything's left? possible. So, so then they would have a right to shoot her in the head. For sure. That's the, so that's so what for I sure. Okay. So, so we're good. I just don't believe in blowing up the entire West Bank or Gaza. I think it's probably not appropriate. You can quote me on that. See what happens. Not necessary. You could you could just kill you know, destroy every building and then kill a lot of the adults and the kids. You can retrain. Right. Okay. And convert them into Jews. Right. They are like, for example, now one of the things they're doing now is also on the Gaza border. They're storming the Gaza border. Meaning, you have two hundred protesters and they just walk across the border. So what do you do? What does Israel do? They just mow them down. What do you do? Technically, they're not rather they're not unarmed. Right. You just have two hundred Gazans. Coming across the border. And How do they? I thought they had fences in. So they cut the fence and they walk wow. across. Um, what do you do? So what is the Israeli army supposed to do? Do you shoot them? So they have been shooting them in the legs. Okay. That's what they've been doing. But of course, one person died, and you know. And how about the people inside of Gaza who cut the fence were starting to come out, and the army shot talking them? That's what talking, we're talking. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're saying. Okay. So let's, so let's see what Ramosha says. Ramosha answered him. So in this case, it's, again, his question was. Does the person have to be imminently pursuing killing someone? Or does having the history and current statements that he wants to kill, like you're saying, is that like sufficient? this guy down on the ground, covered by three guys, with a knee in his back, his That's arm probably twisted off. I don't think he's, like, really a Rodev at that point. Yes. Like, he's not even in the halakhic definition yes, of Rodev. No, no, no question. So, like, so let's see. that guy... Okay. I know Alan would still want to kill him. So you want to give him another chance to kill, kill somebody? No, I don't want him oh, to kill anybody. But how are you going to stop that? That's a really good question. I, I don't have the answer. I do. I know you have the answer. I'm so not sure that's the, we'll uh, the best there's, answer. There's no recidivism then. <laughs> what? Hey, so technically, so Ramosha said like this. Technically, he would be considered Rodef, but there are two caveats. Um, one may not violate Dina the Machuta Dina. So Ramosha answered very politically correct in this situation. Mm -hmm. He says, first of all, you have to go with the law of the land. If the law of the land is he's not, you can't shoot him at that time, then you're not allowed to shoot him, which is chedesh to me, because again, if we're looking at Rodef, it's because never saving a life takes precedence over the law of the land. So I'm not sure why why he would say that, but that's what he's quoting as saying. Number two is, he says, no harm or possibility of harm can come to the other citizen as a result of that course of action. Right then and there. So meaning, what I, the way I understand what I think he's saying is, you have to look at the ramifications of what's going to happen. Um, so if by... If by doing it, maybe, I, I'm not sure if he means collateral damage or just what could happen in the eyes of the world. I'm not sure what exactly Ramosha means. But that's, so, but Ramosha is disagreeing. In, pract in practice, he's agreeing with the first opinion, Rabbi Stav, that you shouldn't kill the guy. The question is, he's just not saying it's a moral break. He's, Rabbi Stav is saying he's not a rodif. It's a moral breakdown to kill him. Ramosha seems to be saying he is technically a rodif, but still don't do it. That's what it is. So it's sort of, they're agreeing in practice, but not in theory. Okay. Okay, so now the Gemara in Sanhedrin says like this. Gemara in Sanhedrin, a famous Gemara, which we've seen, which is right. the Gemara of Rodef. Says, so there's really two categories, interestingly enough. There's, there's something called a Rodef, which means mm -hmm. someone is chasing someone else down the block. I'm an innocent bystander. I see it. I have a right to kill the pursuer, even though murder is prohibited in the Torah. But if it's to neutralize a pursuer, I can murder. Mm -hmm. Question why is, is it, there's two ways to look at it. Is it because you're saving that guy's life? The, the victim's life, or is it, some say it's you're saving the murderer from Sin. committing a, a, a murder. Right. So it's not even about the life per se, it's about stopping preventing someone from committing Sin. murder, even though you, you're preventing murder with murder. Right? 
But so that's that's number one. Now, the other the other category seems to be a different category called Habal Lahargecha Hashkem Lahargavu, which is a more vague statement. It just says someone who comes to kill you Habal Lahargecha Hashkem stand up Lahargo. Self defense. So it's different this than the road. This is habal Hargecha. No, no, but that sugya was like Echad ba. It, it, it's the Mechtered, tunnel. Right, Mechtered. Mechtered. Um, yes, right, exactly. So Mechtered is the tunnel. Ah, so remember so that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so the question is: Are these one and the same? Meaning, in one case, by the way, in the case of Rodef, it's an innocent. You're not involved. There's no threat to your life. Right? Like this guy, the security guard came over. He had there's no threat. This terrorist got out. He started stabbing people with the meat cleaver. There was no threat to the guy who came running with the gun. Right? No, it wasn't. And anyone else can kill a Rodef as well. Right. So yeah. Rodef, anyone can kill. Yeah. A Bala is a self-defense issue. I, I'm. Aish, the Torah is telling me, don't let the guy kill you. If someone comes to kill you, you right. have a right Plus to kill Plus, the guy first. did try to kill him. He threw well, a knife yeah, at him yeah, while he was already right, shooting right, him. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, at that point, by the way, there's something else. He might have been the road. At that point, the guy might have a right to throw the knife. Because it's called mutual road. If two people are fighting each other, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're really mutually trying to kill each other. So we each have a right to kill each other at that point. No, it could be Fair at enough. that point, the guy... Had the right to throw the, the, right the knife. To throw the knife. Maybe. So now, so the so one who comes to kill you, arise and kill him. So the question is like this, a few points. Is this dictum considered to be halacha? Meaning, is it just good advice? I was telling you, by the way, self-defense is a good thing. Take a karate class. Like I, my daughter's in Israel now, I, I bought her pepper spray in the summer before this whole thing happened. So um, actually with one, one, of the, the, one of the terrorists in Afula, actually got him down with pepper spray. They know how to get me. So <laughs> pepper spray is a good thing. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get her nunchucks now. Yeah. Oh, you have something against nunchuck? Um, I'm trying to imagine her <laughs> training with nunchucks. That of anything. Okay, so so the question is: You hear the question? Is 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 it just advice? What is this thing? Go and kill the guy before he kills you. Is it an obligation? Is it a mitzvah? It's a chiyuv. You have to do that. Or is it just by the way? It's a smart thing to do. Okay, is it obligatory or is it optional? Is there a difference between this concept and the concept of a Rodev? Is this the same law? Does it have the same criteria of Rodev? For example, the question would be, as Ron said, if I could shoot him in the kneecaps, if someone's coming to kill me, do I have to also, can I aim for the head or can I just aim for, or do I have to first shoot him in the kneecap? Same question. Meaning by Rodev, we said clearly, as Ron stated, you have to shoot him in the kneecaps if that will neutralize him. You can't aim for the head by Rodev. That's the halach. If you do aim for the head when you could have shot him in the kneecaps, you tried for murder, according to many Mishonim. The question is, does the same apply to self-defense? Because again, Rodev is not self-defense. Rodev is, I'm killing someone to prevent the murder. Okay, but what about my own life? I have to save my life. Am I allowed to aim for the head in the first, you know, and keep on shooting? Empty my magazine into him? Or do I have to just aim for the kneecaps and stop after two bullets? Yeah, I mean, the reality is that, again, getting down to practicality, not everyone's very, you know, proficient so that they can aim for just the kneecaps Mm -hmm. and (coughs) consider, you know, that they're going to do it to neutralize, because the point is to stop the person. Yes, you're right, of course. For for sure, obviously, in cases where you clearly can neutralize the shooting at the left. Okay. So the, the you qu- point the gun, you let God aim it. If you have to hit him in the head, so much the better. So what is the exact source? So the question is really, wh- where does this come from? Because we have Rodef, we know that, as Ron mentioned, comes from Mechteret. Or, or you can claim here, that they, you might want to say that's also Balahargacha, but but the question is, where is the source? So here the Talmud doesn't bring a verse. So, so what I found is like this. 
I didn't find someone uh, posting some of this on, on a site that I saw this morning. I had a different class prepared, <laughs> but this looked better. So I took, I, I just quickly I happened to wake up early and I found this online. Um, obligatory. So he, so the Medrash Tanchuma in Parshas Pinchas says that there's a famous verse there. It's called Tzroros Midianim, the Hikisem Osam. So the pasuk says that it's talking about the Midianites, afflict the Midianites and strike them. Hashem commands the Jewish people. Okay, so so the Medrash Tanchuma brings this as the source for Habar Lahargachash Kem The Midianites hadn't done anything yet. They were just trying to, it was before the war at that point. They seduced the Jews. Right, they, that's the whole story of Pinchas, that was yeah, the Midianites. Yeah, yeah. But they, they sent out the pretty girls to seduce the, the Jews. They hadn't actually um, waged war yet. There was no danger that, to life. That was one of the big three, is to convert people away from God. Yeah, but, saying no, yeah, but there was no, they didn't do anything to endanger the life of any Jew at that point. One of the big three. Yeah, but I big three worship. means I have to give up my life in order not to convert. But it doesn't mean I can kill a missionary who shows up, uh, you know, one of those guys in the ties shows up, I can't take my shotgun and shoot him. Right. That wouldn't allow me to, to, you know, if a Mormon missionary shows up at your door, right. can't shoot him. I'm a Muslim missionary. <laughs> okay. So, so that wouldn't suffice, what you're saying. The question is, so the Medrash Tanchum explains mm-hmm. that it was Habal Arkhash Kamakaru. They were planning what they wanted. Right now, there's no war. But we had to stop them before they killed us. That's what the Medrash Tanchum seems to say, which is the source of this, uh, mm-hmm. of this Pasuk in the Midrash. Seems weak. Oh, Medrash. <laughs> so, uh, so now, so I found different opinions on this. So it says like this Rav Yitzchak Kalpern, a book called Maisa Choshev, these are contemporary writers writes that it is in fact not obligatory but optional. Mm-hmm. It was, the, the, the concept of a Bala Hargacha is, is an optional concept. Torah is telling you, listen, you should do it. Does that mean I have to go and kill the guy? Um, by the way, many of those, if you see the videos again, many of the people there run the other way. Yeah. Running away. <laughs> no one's gonna, they're not trying to tackle the stab. Which, so... I don't blame them. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> so, so the question is, let's, let's say, do I have a gun? Do I have to shoot the guy? Um, could be Lo Samuel Damrecha. That's a different thing, you know, to help someone else. So the second opinion I found was, was Rabbi Lau, um, the former chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, in Asel Harav, former chief rabbi of Israel. Actually, he's currently the chief rabbi of Tel Aviv. That's a mistake. Follows the view that it's obligatory um, to kill. Meaning, Abala Har is obligatory, but only when there is certainty that the enemy will attack. He distinguishes between the obligation of seeing a rodef in pursuit of his victim and the law of one who comes to kill you. So, meaning. Mm-hmm. The, the, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not 100% clear, but I think what he's saying is is obligatory. Rodef is not necessarily obligatory. If I see someone chase someone down the street, I don't have an obligation to go and kill the Rodef. I thought you did. Well, maybe Lasama, you know, if I'm able to without danger. But when your life is in danger, he's saying. Um, Meaning, if someone's clearly going to attack you, so you then he's saying him. it's obligatory. Yeah. That's the way I understand what he's saying. And it would be obligatory to kill that person first, okay, if you're able to. But yeah. to me, it's the same thing. If you see a Rodev in pursuit with right, so a knife running Osama, after yes, someone, boom, I would, you shoot him, you kill him. Right, fine. So be Osama, yeah. That's I fine. Know, I don't know why I say I'm an email this guy. I'm not sure the difference uh, there. Let me, let me ask you. In pursuit. Yeah. You, you see, um, you know, let's get back to the terrorist. You see a terrorist and he's neutralized. 
All right. And you've neutralized him. Are you, are you going to uh, keep him alive where he could potentially come back and kill your family? I don't want him to. But that's not an answer. Well, what would you do at that moment? You would just stick a gun in his head and shoot him? If somebody came... Suppose somebody came to kill you and your family, and you happened to stop him, and you had a gun, and he was lying on the ground. In rage, I might kill him. Uh, how about in not rage? You're thinking about it. Would you let him go to jail and come back, and then he Intellectually, back I would want him to go to jail for life. And, and how much does that cost? It costs taxpayers a lot of money. That's right, and taxpayers can use something else for the money. No, uh, I don't a, listen. We, we talk the same way about American penal system. It's terrible. That's right. But we've chosen that road because we find it to be a more civilized road than to just kill people. All right. Suppose it's it's personal. Guy comes says you know comes to kill you and your family, mm -hmm. and you neutralize him, and he looks at you and he, I'm going to get you. Right. In rage, I might kill him. Oh, In not rage. And you not rage, like the guy is threatening that he'll you know, come out I mean, of prison If again, the guy like, says something that's mean to me that I suggest, I see as it as a threat that he's actually yeah, not neutralized. He's go to jail and I he'll come kill. back right, out. So that's a good point. Meaning, let's say, listen, you know the system is that's a revolving door system we have. The guy's going to get out after five years on good behavior. So, is that? enough for reason that I can kill them Listen, now. based on our, you're, you're a lawyer, based on our legal system today in America, we would say that that is not allowed. You're no, not allowed not to take allowed. the law into your own yes, hands. The question is, halakhically, is a good point, meaning, well, what do you mean, I know this guy's going to be a threat to me in the future. He's going to be a threat I understand. to you in the future. You're I'm, I'm he comes back and kills your wife and again, one of your kids? Again, from a law perspective, just from American law, not halakh, halakha at all, American law would say you're not supposed to kill him. That's true. You're not supposed to come. You're supposed to, if you can handcuff him, if you can subdue him. Comes and kills somebody. Yes, but American process. That's America. That's that's America. What are you? Not a lawyer? All of a sudden. What are you going to do? I'm I'm telling you. What are you going to do? That's a different question. That's personal question. But I'm asking. Like legally, you're not allowed to kill him. You're not allowed. What are now, you going to do? That's a, I don't know. If in the spur of the moment, I don't know. I might kill him. I might not kill him. I don't know. But I can tell you, based on the on the book, if you're just reading a story, and there's no emotion involved, I would say the law is you don't kill him. Okay. Let's change a little. How, how do you neutralize? There are a hundred. Uh, you handcuff them somehow. There are a hundred oh. Arab teenagers gathering, and they all have rocks, and some have Molotov cocktails. And you're standing there with a machine gun. What are you going to do? <laughs> what, are they? They're, they're all throwing it at me. They're menacing, not yet. So I have one. I'm just one the, the, against a hundred Palestinian people about to throw and, bombs and at me. Menacing, right? What are you going to do? Of course, I'll shoot them all because they're all Rodif at that point. They're trying to kill me. They're going. Okay. So I have to kill them first. That, that's no question. But if someone is subdued, that's my point. If someone is subdued and not a threat anymore to myself or to my family or to anyone else, I don't think you have the right to kill them. Right, now, not the question. Wait, wait, wait. We got some Torah. <laughs> that okay. 20 questions. <laughs> so now let's learn. We have to, uh, the, the, the next source is from... Shmuel, Shmuel, yeah. right. Shmuel, Al. Shmuel right. Al discusses a famous story with 
King David. This is such a made-up story. I mean, I know uh, to base halacha on this story is amazing. She has two. I mean, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful legend. It's a beautiful. Yeah, the percussion is it's spelled right below correctly and right above in the capital letter. Sorry, apologies. It was five thirty in the morning when I was writing. So, uh, so the story is famous story, true or not true. Um, it's a beautiful King, legend. King David was running away from King Shaul, as we know. Shaul was chasing David. But David was running away yeah. from King Shaul. And uh, mm-hmm. happens to be, so David was in En Gedi. Ever been to En Gedi? Mm-hmm. A lot of caves there. He was in a cave in En Gedi. Shaul heard that he was it's in the It's a beautiful area. story. I have to ask Ronan about his story. About He recounted this story to his kids when they were just in Israel. Did you hear the story? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful story. They're all like, so it was that cave? He goes, oh, it could have been that, or it could have been that cave, <laughs> or it could have. <laughs> so, I, I was actually, if you ever do that, it's unbelievable. I went to my brother. I was 17. I, I went there with him, and he took his kids. We slept in Gandhi overnight. We came mm. uh, just sleeping bags on the mountain, and we're looking up. We learned this whole parak. Mm. It's really Gendi, cool. Like you're sitting there, it's like trying to mm. get stars. It's beautiful. Yeah. I actually tried. I did it with Shelly and Linda. So I took him, and I and that Nice, nice. Um, anyway, okay. So, uh, so it says like this: Shmuel Alf, Perik Chav Talit says, uh, right? Shal was chasing David. David was in a cave in Gedi. Shal hurries around. Shal comes trying to find David. He has to relieve himself, so he goes into a cave to relieve himself. David was in the cave. Now, Shal, of course, is coming to kill him. He doesn't. Know. So David keeps quiet. And when while Shal is relieving himself, the king, place where the king goes alone, so he had no, no uh, guards, bodyguards, no security guard. So he cut off the corner of his garment. He didn't kill him, and he le- went out. And then later, David came to Shal and said, "Look, I have no ill intent. You see, I have no ill intent because I have the corner of your garment. I cut it out while you were going to the bathroom. I could have killed you. Done a radical circumcision. <laughs> I could have killed you, but I didn't. And and uh, and what happens?" Make peace and live happily ever. Wrong, no. <laughs> they go and they go. They battle again. Okay, so. Show ends up falling on a sword. Yeah, that's that's what the push. Yeah. So the question is. They never kiss and make up. So the question is, um, what clearly in this story it would seem to imply that it's not obligatory. If we're saying it, someone's coming to kill you, we have an obligation. is an obligation, right? So then David would have had to kill Shaul. Right. So if you say Ron's view, the story never happened. It's all a fairy tale. It's nice, it's beautiful. though. It's nice. But if uh, we, we believe that this was written, and this is a true story, so then you have a problem. Yeah, logically, it's right. not a problem. It's, it would seem to prove that it's optional to kill your pursuer. Right. Because he was not in the act of killing. He wasn't a rotif at that moment. He had the intent. Uh, he was peeing. coming to look for for King he David. Was he was coming to look for David. He, he was, was coming, coming to pee. In that second. In that. In that. So let's say Rodifta is chasing someone to go to this. And he has. Okay, I, I got to go to McDonald's to pee. I got to pee. So that he's right. no, you can't shoot him at that point. Well, it's a question. I mean, he's not in the act of Rodif. It's a great question. So he's not. A, I don't know that he got. He's a Rodif at that moment. So you were mechaven to Abasha Weiss, contemporary. The guy is the guy I want to bring in. It's just a question. A but he wants twenty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> he says like this. He says, um, so two things I found. So you hear his question? Right. <laughs> you have a Rodef who's stopping to pee. Is he now a Rodef? Yeah. During I'm while he's peeing that. or not? <laughs> what do you say? Yes. 
Right. <laughs> of course, I know you do. I don't think he was peeing. But Whatever. He needed more time. <laughs> so, so if someone's coming to kill you, um, so it says like this, the key difference between the law of Rodif and the law of Abala Hargacha, so if someone's coming to kill you, you may kill him without worry about stopping him in some other manner. Okay, so what he's saying is, when it comes to Abala Hargacha, you don't have to shoot him in the kneecaps. You could go straight for the head. It's only by Rodif that you have to shoot the kneecaps. Right. But if someone's actually coming to kill you, you've got to shoot to kill. Right. Okay, Rodef, however, is limited. If he could have stopped him some other way, then he's liable, as we said. So now, so it's all, so says the Milchas Asher. Second. Um, so therefore, how does that answer the question of David? One second. It says that he was not at that moment a Rodef. Right. Oh, right, no, because at that, right, at that moment, exactly like Ron's saying, the, this uh, Pavarsky saying is since at that morning, moment he was peeing, he did, David would not have to kill him. He could have neutralized him. He could have done it some other way. At that point, he wasn't, he was no longer Rodev. Because he, I think that's what he's saying. Like yeah. That's number one. The Menchazasha says something else, which might be similar. He says, it's only obligatory to kill him if it is during Same the thing. actual time Same when he's trying thing. to kill you. If it's not during this time, then this is optional. So the first opinion, I believe, is saying like this, that he, at, since he was in the middle of going to the bathroom, he didn't have to kill him. He could have neutralized him in another way. As if the guy's coming to you with a, you know, with a spear or a gun or a bow and arrow, so you can kill him. But he's saying at that point, you know, he had the, well, I don't know why it's not a balahargha. I don't know. So, no, I mean, because it's a good question, because, uh, because, by the way, the Mepharshim I looked at this morning, do ask the question on, on the spot, Rabag asked the question, he was a road if he was allowed to kill him. So they say, he, you know, he had Rahmanis. Another answer so Rabag gives is because David didn't kill him because he knew he would become king. He was going to become king, and he didn't want, you know, once you start assassinations, how that, if, I mean, if you assassinate this king, who's king, so what stops someone from assassinating the next king, you know? That's how. He's giving a lot answer. of credit to a young kid. Yeah, like he had political savviness. Yeah, he knew he was, he was politically savvy, that's for sure. Totally, but, but he was. I don't want to say about that one, thing he was. He was politically savvy. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so the Mechazasher was the Ravasha Wise um, saying that. So, if it's not during the actual time of killing, then you, have, yeah, you can't kill him, okay? Now, the third thing is, is repercussions spelled the wrong way. Which one is the right way? Which one is the right spelling? The non-capitalized, repercussion. Well, it's the same spelling. No, it's R not. Oh, the E and the R, it's got to be after the A. Apologize. Repercussion. I got it. No, see, which one's right? The below one. The below one is the correct way. Okay, apologize. 530. If David Melch killed Shal the king, the repercussions would reverberate in the Jewish history for thousands of years. Right. So again, it's like the rabbin assassination, meaning right. you need to know, even if you have a right to do something, you have to always look at how it's going to affect society as a whole. So David Melch. This is the answer right. with here, with uh, Feinstein. That's the right. second part, right. no harm. Exactly. So you need to realize, so when those questions of stabber, if we go ahead and shoot every, every stabber, you know, even after he's neutralized, we go and kick his head in, Ash is heading. What's the repercussions of that? Is that going to affect us in the world? Is that going to affect? I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it should. But you, we need to take that into account. That has to be taken into account of how it's going to affect it. Like we said a few weeks ago with the treating terrorists. It's the same thing. I mean, obligated to treat a terrorist medically for his psychological condition? Of course not. But if we treat our prisoners in a certain way, then that could have repercussions on our soldiers, how our enemies treat us. But so you always, so even though something is halachically correct, 
doesn't always mean it should be done and when it comes to repercussions especially that can affect future Jewish lives. So, so that's yeah, the question. No, that's yeah. an interesting question. What you just said, yeah. halacha. Then, what's the purpose? Halacha, I thought, was always correct within an orthodox perspective. So, but you just said the halacha is then potentially not. No, halacha is always correct. The question is, there's another concept which is pikuach nefesh overrides every, anything. So, the rep, if there's repercussions of pikuach nefesh by observing this halacha, so then that might change practically what I should do. Even though Allah says, don't treat a terrorist. Let the guy die. Yeah. If the guy has a medical condition, you don't have to treat him. Guys, right, a guy yeah. is, is having a heart attack. So which... Terrorist, let him, let him have that. Let which halacha then overrides that? So like, either you can call it Eva, you want to call it Eva, we call it Eva. So halacha is Eva? Eva is halacha? Of course. Yeah, it's brought in Shavarov. The concept of Eva. So it's a halacha. Yeah. So it's but, halacha against halacha there. Right, so Ava is telling you, even though you're not on a violent Shabbat, Shabbat to save a goni, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ava is telling you, override because of Pikul Nefesh, it's a Pikul Nefesh issue for the I Jews. See, I see, I see. For the nation of Jews. Right, exactly. So the same thing. It's, 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 all right, so it's, it's a halacha. It's Ava here. Maybe it's halacha on top of halacha. So this right. halacha trumps it. That's all. Well, the Ava. Pikul Nefesh trumps everything. Ava is really right. a, a, a politically correct way of saying Pikul Nefesh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what I think. So there's no meaning this last no, Ava is the politically incorrect way of saying because <laughs> nefesh. <laughs> okay, so okay. that's meaning the repercussions is similar to what we said a few weeks ago with Ava. You need to look at what, always look at the repercussions of your act. We need to know what, how is it going to affect. When it comes to saving a life, we don't say, well, you know, listen, if I don't shake the lady's hand, uh, what are repercussions? I mean, it's, uh, whatever. That's, <laughs> you do say that maybe, but, but meaning... There's other halachas, meaning if I'm on a business meeting and you know everyone will look at me like I'm crazy because I'm having a peanut butter sandwich, as opposed to the cheeseburger, you don't say, uh, look at the repercussions. Obviously, the halacha doesn't change there. Talking about in cases where it comes to someone's life, of course, we, 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 we honor life so much, therefore it overrides. The halacha changes because of the danger to future repercussions to the nation, like you say, or someone's personal life. Thank you.